five. How are you, Marty? I'm good, Justin. How are you? I'm doing good. Let's wait for some people to get in here. I'm oh going God, to people. pull open the window chat on my other screen here. You're always dressed up, Marty. You always look so snazzy. Thank you. Thank you. I actually enjoy being overdressed <laughs> rather than underdressed for every occasion. Really? I don't sleep in the suit. I don't yeah. sleep in the suit. I uh, I hate dressing up. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll wait for some people to get in here. If you guys can comment, if you can hear us okay when you come in. All right, I'm set up. I have the other screen set up. So Marty, the way that I do it is I usually have the um, kind of uh, the Facebook window so we can see the comments coming in on another screen. Oh, should I do that? If you want to see what people are saying, yeah, it can be helpful. It so. probably helps. Let me see. For all of those coming in, if you are not familiar with Marty, um, I would get familiar. The man is a genius. He has crafted and... Um, I'll let you tell uh, a little bit more about it, but he is really an expert in positioning and depositioning, and we will get into kind of what that is um, and many other things that he does. Uh, I know he's really, really good at SEO, so maybe we can get into some of that too. Going to plan for about an hour with Marty. So if you guys can comment, uh, we'll wait for a few more people to come in before we get started. If you want to comment, if you can hear us, okay, that would be helpful. So we know our audio is passing uh, good to the other side. Leilani, can you hear us okay? We're always delayed a little bit, so. Oh, yeah. In the live mastermind calls that I do every week, it's mm -hmm. usually scheduled for a certain time. And then five, six, eight, ten minutes later, people start straggling in. Yeah. All right, she can hear us. All right, great. So we'll go ahead and get started. I'll just do some ad link, uh, ad link cleanup uh, things really quick. Um, for those of you that are not familiar, um, ad link's gold, ad link's platinum moved to the uh, private, more private uh, sector. We took away the uh, dollar trials. Um, so now you have to go through an application process. If you guys have applied for that, uh, there is a waiting list. We're going through all the applications. We will uh, contact you uh, with next steps. If uh, once reviewed, we choose for you guys to kind of move to the next step. The way it's going to work is there's going to be a phone interview um, and an application fee. And then if you pass the phone interview, we will place you into the corresponding group based on the interview um based on where we think you uh fit best on your level of knowledge um also for those that have registered there is a a live or i should say live well it is live there is a get together um a social networking get together um this weekend at uh the founder uh, one of the founders um of facebook ad buyers and the ad leaks um group uh that's my boy sean brown 
Um, he has a very nice mansion in Newport Beach uh, area. So we are going to have a four-hour kind of get-together by the pool, food, drinks. Uh, there's about 100 people, I think, or 110 people scheduled for that as of right now. Um, so if, you've, if you are, have gotten into that and you are going, be on the lookout. I think uh, Christy will be sending out addresses probably as early as she probably already sent them to you. Um, but that is full. So if you did not get the chance to get into that, we are going to start planning on doing that more regularly. So um, stay tuned for more of that. I think we'll go ahead and get started. We got about 30 people in here. So, so 110 people showing up at Sean's house. That's coming like um, the local equivalent of storming Area 51. <laughs> not quite. It's going to be interesting to see because if you've ever been to Sean's house, it's uh, it's a nice house. But I'm I'm gonna I'd love to see the neighbors' faces when the cars are just lined in this private community. <laughs> so, right? Yeah, right. it's a very nice house. It's going to be a very good time. I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of people actually flying in. I know there's people flying in from like the New York area, all over from Canada. Some people are coming in from like South America. So um, it should be a very very uh, awesome awesome event yeah. so i'll be there too sean by the way is an extremely gracious host it's going to be a fun time <laughs> too gracious <laughs> his wife may kill him <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and start it the next day when he sees what has to be cleaned up but yeah well he'll he'll, he'll he, he he is not going to be cleaning it up i promise you so um we will go ahead and get started hey george how's it going chase hero in the house uh, Marty, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, kind of tell us, I know you've been in this game, obviously you're a little bit older, um, but I've worked with you on several projects. You know, I find you to be pretty much uh, a genius as I've told others. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into the digital space? Sure. So I guess my career started at the top and by one circumstance or another, I used to be principal and senior executive of two of the world's, literally the world's largest advertising and marketing agencies in New York. And if you're familiar with the TV series Mad Men, I was one of those guys. And the show was actually built around one of the agencies that I was senior executive of. What was the name of the agency? Uh, it was Gray Advertising. Okay. And um, at the time, I was international marketing director and director of strategy and competitive advantage planning for all of their A-tier clients worldwide. And I probably had at that time about six or 6,500 people reporting into me in different groups. So the creative group and the ad group and the content group and the strategy group. So I had multiple disciplines reporting in, and I was responsible for coordinating and basically creating the strategies for all of their A-tier clients in terms of how these clients were going to get competitive advantage over their competitors and their competition in all different categories and niches. And um, one of the good things about coming from the big, big, big agency world is that the clients have significantly um, almost inexhaustible budgets, right? Mm -hmm. So when you've got clients, and these are all literally Fortune 50 and up level clients, when you have clients that are not 
hesitant to spend a couple of million dollars doing competitive research before anything starts in terms of their advertising or the creatives. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of opportunity to do a lot of learning, right? <clears throat> and so what we did was we conducted a three-year study. Wow, three years. 22 or 24 different categories in e-commerce, in consumer products. And what we were looking for was to find, was there a common denominator among all the leaders in their categories? Was there something that all these number one brands were all doing the same mm -hmm. that either contributed to them being the leader in their category or contributed to their ability to outrank or outflank their competitors. And it was very interesting what we learned. We learned that category leaders, the top players in each category, all did several things the same. Now, it wasn't exactly the same, but what they did was the same, right? And one of the things that we found was that leaders acted like leaders, meaning they set the rules, they taught the marketplace, the consumer marketplace, what the subject was really all about, how to look at it, how to evaluate one product against another, one brand against another. So one of the things that all the leaders did was they set the rules for the game. Mm -hmm. The second thing that we found was all the market leaders changed the way the game was played. And when we dug deeper into the data, we found something interesting. If you play the game the way everybody else is playing it, you're always trying to be better, right? And mm -hmm. that's the origin of what we call the better mousetrap flaw where you have to claim to be bigger and better and brighter and whiter and newer and cleaner and all these self-aggrandizing claims to get attention of the marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. So if I have, you know, 32 ounces in my bottle, you have to have a 48-ounce bottle to be better. If my product does something in six seconds, your product has to do it in four. And what it does is it creates an unsustainable attempt at trying to be clever in your advertising. And it gets to the point where the consumer marketplace doesn't believe you anymore. Everybody says they're the best. Everybody says they're the biggest and brightest and whitest and most absorbent and whatever it is that they're doing, everybody says they're the best. Yep. And this led to a huge surge in marketing concepts like the USP. What's our USP, our unique selling proposition, right? Because if we have this USP, we're going to be better and more attractive to the target than our competitors. Mm -hmm. And then it led to the big idea concept where everybody had to have the big idea. What was the next new monster concept that was going to break the rules, change the game, and get everybody to take notice. Yeah. But when we really dug deeper to the next level of the data, what it showed was that market leaders had something that was giving them 
competitive advantage. And competitive advantage is positioning or depositioning when you say competitive advantage for those that are not familiar. So competitive advantage means that the marketplace has more reason to navigate towards your brand and more reason to navigate away from your competitors, mm -hmm. right? So you have an advantage over your competitors, but that advantage takes place in the mind of the consumer, in the mind of your client, of your target. Mm -hmm. And I use the word consumer a lot, but for example, if you're an agency or an ad buyer or a consultant or a coach, same thing applies. You have clients that you want to choose you over your competitors, right? Yeah. Nobody's the only one that plays in their space. So how do you get the client? How do you get the click? How do you get the customer instead of your competitor? That's competitive. And for a long time, for actually a couple of decades, there was a misconception, even by the bigger brands. And when I say bigger brands, I'm talking about Procter & Gamble, Kraft, and General Motors, and you know, the giant names. There was a misconception that you could control the, the behavior of your target market by doing certain things. Mm -hmm. and the mistake was that you can't control that. And here's why. Consumers, and I use that phrase again to mean clients or consumers, doesn't matter. Consumers behave based on their beliefs. If you believe something, you're going to behave accordingly, right? Yeah. The classic example is if you believe that um, it's not cool to eat meat if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, that's how you behave when you make your decision about what restaurants to go to or what meals to order or what foods to buy. Mm -hmm. If you believe that a certain brand stands for something you believe in, you're going to have positive inclination. If you believe that a certain brand stands for something you're opposed to strongly, that might flavor your opinion as well. Mm -hmm. But consumers behave based on their beliefs. But beliefs don't happen overnight. Beliefs take a while to form. So beliefs are created out of a series of personal experiences and what we call micro perceptions, messages that we as brands, we as agencies, we as advertisers put out in the marketplace that talk about our product, its benefits, and so on. And we found after a number of years of looking into this that there are some flaws built into that. One of the flaws is that everybody thinks their baby is the most beautiful baby ever born, right? <laughs> Going in the hospital after some babies are born, some of them are so ugly. <laughs> so consumers are bombarded by ads, right? Yep. And multiple ads by brands that are competing for their attention in the same category. And yep. we find that in, for example, Facebook ad buying too, right? There yep. are multiple options for me, if I want to start advertising on Facebook, there are multiple people I can go to who are all expert. They all know what they're doing. Why am I going to choose one over the other? If I want to SEO my website, 
there's hundreds of thousands of great SEOs out there that they all kind of know what they're doing. Why am I going to pick one over another? Yeah. So when brands talk about why their product, their brand, their service is of mm -hmm. value or more value than the competitors, you're talking about yourself. Well, the unfortunate truth is that most clients, most consumers don't care about you. They care about them. They have a need. They have a desire. They have an aspiration. They have a pain point. They have a problem they're trying to solve. So what we have done, what I've done literally over the last 30 plus years is I've developed and refined what we call the science of positioning and depositioning. So simply put, positioning is the science of influencing consumers, your targets, in favor of your brand or your service. But that's only half the mix. While your target is making this buying decision, who do I go to? Who do I, what ad do I click on? Which organic listing do I click? They also need to believe that the competitors aren't going to solve my pain point, fulfill my need, mm -hmm. or give me that aspirational value that I'm looking for, as well as your brand can. Okay. So positioning and depositioning are not two sides of a coin. They're two components of the same coin. They happen together. While you are positioning your brand, you need to be depositioning your competition and your competitors. And competitors, by the way, are not the same as competition. They're different. And the way you message needs to be different. So what's, what's different? Explain that. You okay. say competitors are different from competition. So competitors directly play in the same space. Yep. So if I'm McDonald's, right, I'm a fast food, my competitor is going to be Burger King or Wendy's, right? Mm -hmm. That's my competitor. My competition is going to be that the consumer that I want to come into my McDonald's to buy a Big Mac might decide to go to the grocery store and pick up a roast chicken and take it home. That's not a fast food competitor. That's competition, Right. So competition mm -hmm. gives the consumer an alternative choice that is somewhat similar, similar enough to fulfill their need. I'm hungry. Right. So yeah. what am I going to do? I'm going to go into that McDonald's across the street or I'm going to go into the rotisserie chicken place and get a nice chicken ticket home. Right. Or go to Whole Foods and make myself a nice, healthy salad. Competitors are direct in the same space. McDonald's versus Burger King, Coke versus Pepsi, right? Competition fulfill the need to a degree, but they're not direct. So it's fast food versus cook at home or go to a nice restaurant. And the messaging is different. So when you're Burger King and you're fighting against McDonald's or you're Wendy's and you're fighting against Chick-fil-A, right? You take a certain tact in your messages, in your strategy. But if you're trying to say, stop eating fast food,
because you can come to our restaurant or our supermarket and buy healthy food, mm -hmm. right? The message needs to be different. So what we do in positioning and depositioning is we craft what's called a positioning platform. And that's the basis upon which all marketing messages and all strategies get deployed. And I don't care whether it's on your website, in your ads, in your social media posts, in your billboards, on your radio commercials, doesn't matter. Everything gets built on top of a position platform, mm -hmm. which includes the two pieces of what is the benefit that I'm promising you that's going to fulfill your need? And why should you disbelieve in the competition or the competitors that they can do it as well as I can do it for you? Or my brand can do it for you? Or my agency can do it for you? So positioning and depositioning is a science where you put out in the marketplace these messages that are intended to cause in the mind of the target certain perceptions to happen. So give us like a, give us an example out in the real world. Um, and I can think of a few, but I'd like to hear some that you think that everybody will know of a brand using positioning. Like maybe it was McDonald's, like Burger King with their attack on McDonald's and a brand using depositioning. Like what are some really, really good examples that stand out? Sure. So typically positioning and depositioning go together. When they're done right, they happen at the same time, right? Okay. And if you can build both into the same message, it's the most powerful type of marketing you can do. Mm -hmm. So a great example would be in the last Super Bowl, Bud Light put out a series of ads that Bud Light was brewed with no corn syrup, right? That was their statement. Bud Light brewed with no corn syrup. Now, the positioning part of that is that, well, corn syrup really isn't very healthy for you, right? So if you drank Bud Light and we're brewed with no corn syrup, the implication is you're getting a healthier beer to drink. But when they say we're brewed with no corn syrup, the implied depositioning is that those other beers, competitors, are brewed with corn syrup. So you don't need to go negative. You don't need to call out your competitor by mm -hmm. name and say, they suck, they're not good, they're horrible, whatever. Yeah. All you need to do is be very clever about how you craft your message so that it has the positioning component and the depositioning component all built into one. Another great yep. example um, is Pepsi versus Coke, right? Again, using Super Bowl. Uh, when Super Bowl 53 was in Atlanta, Pepsi took over the whole town, which Atlanta happens to be the headquarters of Coca-Cola, right? <laughs> but Pepsi bought every billboard, every street sign, every lamppost, all the banners in the airports saying, hey, guess who's in town for Super Bowl? With a big picture of a Pepsi can. Hmm. Okay, at Coca-Cola. And um, so the implication there was that we're hip, we're Pepsi. And the result of the 
retrospective analysis of this campaign was that Pepsi skewed higher towards a younger, more active audience who believed that Pepsi tasted better and appealed more to a younger crowd. And Coca-Cola was the old brand. Mm -hmm. And that has long-term repercussions, right? Yep. And there's hundreds and hundreds of examples that I could easily give. But I think the point I want to make is this. When positioning is done right, it changes the game completely. It increases, for example, if we're talking about ads, it will increase attention to the ad. It will increase click-through rate. It will increase conversion rate because you get a more highly likely buyer that's resonating with your message, mm -hmm. right? So all the logistical tactics that I know you guys teach brilliantly in, in the ad leaks group and Facebook ad buyers groups and all of those groups, you're talking about brilliant concepts of bid strategies and optimization strategies, right? And placement strategies and targeting strategies. What I'm saying is that if you could underlie all of those with the right positioning and depositioning strategy, you would have an exponentially more successful campaign. And it works in every single niche. It works in every single category. And if you do it right, it almost never fails. Mm -hmm. So what I've been doing recently is I've been spending a lot of time developing the breakdown. How do you do positioning? What, what goes into figuring out what my positioning platform should be? What goes into figuring out how best to deposition my competitors? And this takes me to the next part that I want to get into before we get into that much is you actually have a group, you have a free group, and then you have a paid mastermind program. Tell us about each one of those. Um, I'm in there and I see all the posts and stuff and they're, they're really well thought out in depth. So give us a little background on the free group and the paid group and how sure. all of that works. Because obviously this is very in depth and you can't just learn this in a matter of minutes, but yeah. I know you teach all of these methods and all that stuff. So tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So obviously you're absolutely right. I've been doing this and developing it and refining it privately for my clients and for agencies for more than 30 years. So it's impossible to give it all in, in a half an hour or an hour. So yeah. I have a free private Facebook group. It's called um, uh, well, Master, uh, <laughs> Master Positioning Insiders. You're not that old. Come on. No, no. I was just confusing <laughs> it with the paid group. So yeah. I have an absolutely free, but it's private Facebook group called um, Master positioning insiders, right? <laughs> and in that group, I, as well as a number of other pretty expert marketers in different aspects, um, talk about positioning. We give examples of ads we see and brands that we see that are doing positioning the right way. And we make fun of ads and brands that are failing badly at this. And We've got a um, little under 2,000 members in the group now. Um, 
and people contribute pretty actively. It's a cool group. We have some fun. fun. There's some, um, it's a serious group. There's a lot of value in there, but it's also a fun group. We enjoy it. Uh, it's a family kind of atmosphere. Um, and certainly anybody listening to this or that sees this live is absolutely warmly invited to join. Um, so that's Master Positioning Insider. Can you just drop the link in the comments when you get a chance? Sure, absolutely. Okay. And then separately from that, I teach a paid mastermind program, which consists of one hour every single week, all year long, of me taking one aspect of positioning or depositioning or competitive advantage and explaining it in intense detail. These are very intensive work through sessions. And um, so it's one hour a week live of me teaching a different aspect of positioning and depositioning. Um, and that group is a paid group. The members get the comments. Members get uh, unlimited access to all the previous call replays. There's a PDF for each lesson. Um, there's resources inside for those members that they access through uh, a private members section on my website. Um, and the website also has a lot of details about what's in the paid program. And uh, the website is masterpositioning.com. And you can read more about me. You can read about positioning. Do you have a home phone over there? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it's old technology, right? Um, sorry about that. I got, one but, too. I got one too. It's not a big deal. I just want to give you a hard time. What? You have a landline? No. I have to. My internet, I live rural, so we actually have to have a landline or we can't have internet. It's crazy. But. Right? Right. So, um, yeah, so there's the paid mastermind program, um, which is really cool. And it's been going on now for a couple of months. And uh, so far, the response has been incredible to it. Um, we tear apart different pieces of the strategy in depth. It, yeah. uh, it's an hour every week of, uh, of me going live and teaching the members. Um, and then there's lots of other resources the members get direct access to me to review their business, their agency, their consultancy, their what service. Does what does it cost? So um, there are two options right now. You can pay monthly and there's no contract. So you can come in and, you know, keep going or cancel if you're not okay. happy with the value. And that's $119 a month. Okay. Or you can pay annually and save some money. And the annual cost is $1,100 for the entire year, which basically gets you like 52 hours of me live. Yeah. I might take Christmas. And I think someone like, I know Stephen Black, I think he's in, isn't he in the, he's in the paid group as well. Yep. Right? Yeah. There's some people in here that are definitely in it. So you could, if you want to ask them, you know, uh, how it goes, feel free to, you know, just ask. I know Stephen Black's in there. Who else is in there? That's in kind um, of the community. Uh, Alex is in there. Oh, is he? Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people from the community that, you okay. know, I don't want to really give names out, but um, 
You can. So yeah. <laughs> as a matter of fact, the calls take place every Thursday, right? At one o'clock Pacific time live. Yep. Yep. Uh, and this particular Thursday, since you mentioned his name, I'm actually having Stephen Black as my guest pro. Okay. <laughs> on. And Stephen and I are going to drop some really intense kind of secrets that Stephen and I have been conspiring on in terms of marketing, not only for Amazon, which he's a top pro at, but in digital marketing in general. So we're going to be revealing some tactics and strategies and techniques that Stephen and I have been working on together that we've kind of never revealed to the public before. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the kind of thing we do in, in the paid group. Okay. Um, so everybody's encouraged to check that out. Um, you can get all the details at uh, masterpositioning.com. Speaking of, Sean Brown is in the house. Sean Brown, awesome. <laughs> Sean Brown um, is the man. Yeah, we were just talking about how the uh, mob is going to storm Area 51 at Sean's house. So, yep. And if you if you guys are, I know that Sean had posted this a while ago, but just real quick off topic, Sean is one of the founders of the Facebook Ad Buyers Group and Behind Ad Leaks. Um, a lot of work he puts into this stuff. He's very uh, quiet, behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Not many people know about him. Um, but he also does have, if you are an e-commerce company and looking for funding and you're doing well, but just don't have the funds to grow, um, check out him. Uh, his website is govc.com, venture capitalist firm. So if you're needing funding, you can definitely check that out. Okay, Marty, getting back to you. Um, tell us a little bit more about, I don't want to spend too much time on the group. Uh, people can check that out. Um, they know about it. So tell us a little bit more. Let's get back into what we were talking about the positioning, depositioning, competitive advantage. Um, kind of tell us, I mean, not many people, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and I don't think I've ever heard of it until, you know, meeting you and working on some projects with you. Why do you think it's such a quiet thing that people don't really know about or people really don't take into consideration? So I think there's a couple of factors that play into that, Justin. One is that we live in a society that wants to see results right now. Yeah. And if you're a Facebook advertiser, for example, and just to pick on Facebook advertisers, um, who I love, but if you're an advertiser, you're looking at what are your KPIs, what are your metrics today, tomorrow, the next day, right? Short attribution windows, A-B testing different ads and ad sets, right? So you're used to a kind of fast result and you're looking to generate that ROI that ROAS as quickly as possible. And that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. What takes a little bit longer is putting a little bit of time into thinking about the foundational message, right? So if you're advertising the creation of your headlines, the creation of your creatives, your targeting, if you're already doing 75% of it, but if you're not adding in the positioning message and the depositioning message at the same time, you're leaving money on the table. Do you think well, people are inputting that and just not really realizing it? I think to some degree, yes. But I think the majority of people are mostly focused on promoting the benefits of their products or brands or services. Correct. I would agree. More, more so than they are planting the seeds of doubt or dissatisfaction about the competition and the competitors, right? And you go back to the Bud Light concept of brewed with no corn syrup, right? Yeah. 
makes a huge difference, huge difference in the way the marketplace perceives the entire category, right? Yeah. So Bud Light could have said, we're the healthier beer. Okay, great. But when they say brewed with no corn syrup, they're implying that the other guys are brewed with corn syrup, which isn't very healthy for you. So Does that mean so that like they you can deposition I, mean, I know you talked a little bit about this, but you can deposition and do it tastefully without doing it extremely negative, basically. I'm not in favor of ever going negative specifically. I see in the center is your brand, and surrounding you are your competitors and your competition, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can nuke all of your competitors at one shot, what you're really doing is unseating the way your target is thinking about the entire category. Yeah. And that goes back to what I said before about the research we did about category leaders, right? They change the rules of the game. I'll give you a different example. So I was consulting to um, a fairly impressive and successful SEO. And he was kind of not really complaining. He's doing very well in his business. But he was talking to me about his need and his difficulty in standing out amongst the background of hundreds or thousands of other SEOs, all competing for the same clients. How could he stand out? So we went through this exercise called the positioning platform, where we dug into who is his market, what are their pain points, what did he specialize in, and how could he deposition all those other SEOs out there, right? And I'm going to digress for a moment, and this is a really cool concept. When your target is faced with making a choice, a buying decision, right? I could choose brand A or brand B or provider A or provider B or agency A or agency B. How do I make that decision, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go through a checklist in my mind. Do they do this? Do they do that? Do they give me what I need? Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if I can tick off the box that says no about all my other competitors, then at the end of that process, you're left with your brand. So you get the yes, right? In the absence of no, the only other choice is yes. And every time we advertise, every time we market, every time we put a message out, every time we send an email where there's an action, a call to action that we're hoping someone takes, we're asking them to make a buying decision. Click, sign up, right? buy, pull out your credit card, etc. And what we want them to do is we want them to very quickly mentally go through the process of eliminating our competitors, leaving us as the best choice standing, right? Mm -hmm. So with this particular SEO, it turned out that he had a massive expertise in website conversion optimization. Now, that's not a direct SEO signal. But why are you driving traffic in the first place if you're not converting them on your website, right? Mm -hmm. So we came up with a positioning for him that his agency 
was the SEO agency that was focused and dedicated to optimizing conversion rates and integrating that with your SEO. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden his business exploded when he put that message out there because when his clients were looking at multiple SEO agencies, who do I choose? He told them, ask the question, do you do CRO? What do you think about calls to action on the website and how that impacts SEO? Yep. And they would always come back with, what are you talking about? Right? Depositioning yep. the entire playing field. Yep. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. So if you're doing Facebook advertising or you're doing any kind of advertising or you're doing any kind of marketing, if you can find a way through positioning and depositioning science to get the target to not believe that your competitors can do what you can do and fill your needs, solve your pain point, then you win. Mm -hmm. So I see positioning as the foundation on which all marketing messages should be built. I say you build the house first before you hang the curtains. You can have beautiful ads. You can have visually disruptive ads. You can have mind-blowing headlines. You can have great copy, strong CTAs, powerful offers. You can set your bid strategies brilliantly. Listen to Tim Bird, for example, right? You're going to automatically increase your effectiveness if you follow those strategies. So why wouldn't you want to add one more simple layer underneath it all that gives you an exponential advantage over your competitors? And that's what positioning does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know that, Justin. You and I have worked Oh, yeah, together. for sure. You and I have worked together on a number of projects, and you've actually seen it working. Oh, yeah. So explain, explain how does one measure... Or is it pop? Because most of us marketers are performance marketers. How does one measure, in your opinion, they start to put this time and investment or join your group or whatever. How do they measure the success of their positioning, depositioning, competitive advantage? Well, I'll steal an analogy from my, um, from my days as an SEO, right? And you're mm -hmm. an SEO. I'm an SEO. We both have a lot of experience doing that. What's the first thing we tell clients who we're talking to about SEO? You're not going to rank in Google position one tomorrow. It isn't going to happen, right? <laughs> it's a long-term play, right? It's like an IRA. You put the time in, you put the investment in, but if you do it right, your return is going to be so incrementally larger that the investment of time and the investment of money is going to be so well worth it, you won't have any hesitation. It's the same thing with positioning. I'm not telling anybody at all, stop the ads you're running. Don't use the offers you're running. What I'm saying is continue doing that while you are thinking about, can I just add this little extra twist? Can I enhance the power of my message to add a little bit of depositioning, right? And I'll, I'll drop a little knowledge bomb here. If somebody has a brand that they prefer right now, but you want them to use your brand, 
you've got to move them away from their favored brand, right? Yep. So you can talk until the cows come home that your brand is better. And the classic example that I use here is a shampoo, right? So Susie has a shampoo that she loves. She buys it all the time. It's smells great, makes her hair shiny and soft, and she just loves it. But I want her to use the Marty shampoo, right? I could talk until the cows come home about the Marty shampoo does this and it does that and it does the other thing, right? Yeah. But she's got a brand that does what she wants it to do. How do I move her away? Don't want to get into a price war. That's a race to the bottom. That kills your margins. But what if I said, hey, Susie, or to the marketplace, hey, everybody, hey, all you shampoo users out there, did you see the latest report from Harvard Medical School that sodium lauryl sulfate has been directly linked to brain cancer? Maybe you ought to check the label on your shampoo bottle. And sure enough, 90% of shampoos have sodium lauryl sulfate in them. But I don't put that in the Marty shampoo. So using the Bud Light example, brewed without corn syrup, all I have to do is say the Marty shampoo does not contain sodium lauryl sulfate. Check your label. I don't have to call out any other shampoo by name. Mm -hmm. And when you check your label and you see it, you say, oh, my God, this stuff is linked to brain cancer and I'm rubbing it on my head every day. That's going to cause one of the two Here's the knowledge bomb. One of the two factors that almost always, 99% of the time, causes somebody to leave a preferred brand. And that is doubt or dissatisfaction. If I can plant in your mind as a target a seed of doubt or a seed of dissatisfaction about a brand you're using now, that doubt, that dissatisfaction grows like a cancer in your mind mm -hmm. to the point where you just get to a point where those brands are no longer acceptable for you. Now you're in the market for a new brand. And when you're in that market, you've, I've opened the door for trial of my brand. And if I then provide a good positive experience and my brand is as good as I say it is, and I've depositioned the competition, I have a winner. So going back to answer your question, you see this with an increased return on your total marketing investment. You see this with an increased rate of new customer acquisition. You see this with an increased LTV value because customers stay with you longer because they're brand loyal. So it is measurable, and just in, in, the, in the spirit of full transparency, no, it's not something that's going to change the game for anyone tomorrow morning. But it could. I mean, if you're putting positioning and depositioning in your ads and your click-through rate goes from a 1.5 to a 2.75 because of the way you're writing your ad copy, that is directly measurable in a sense. And quickly. Yes. Absolutely. No question about it. I've seen results of brands that weren't using positioning 
moving into a position, a properly positioned and depositioning strategy, I've seen them get massive results, huge e-com brands, huge service brands, um, attorneys. I've seen this work for attorneys. Um, I've seen this work for apparel brands, billion dollar apparel brands where they're depositioning the competition in a very crowded space. So if you do it right, and that's the secret, of course, right? But just like advertising, just like creating Facebook ads, setting up campaigns the right way, if you do it right, you're going to get better results. If you add positioning as one layer of your SOP, and you just, when you think about creating the ads, you can add that little positioning element into it and that depositioning factor into it, you're going to get better results. I've seen it for 30 years, um, and it just works if you do it right. That's the yeah. trick. There's a lot of nuances yeah. to it. Well, if you guys have any questions for Marty, put them in the comments. we got about 11 minutes left. I want to keep this to on the hour. Um, so if you have any questions, feel free to start dropping them in the comments. We'll squeeze those in as we go. Uh, so what is the easiest way for somebody to get started on this? Like how do they start incorporating? Obviously, I would say to join your free group um, to start for sure. But what is another way? What is how can people get into this and start incorporating this into their into their strategy to become more effective? Yeah. So first of all, um, in the free Facebook group, um, there's a tremendous amount of information. There's a, a free white paper. It's about 18 pages that talks about all the different elements that go into positioning. Uh, it's in the unit section in the free group, and anybody can download it. Um, there's also a lot of other value in the unit section of that group. Um, so joining the free group is by far uh, the easiest and no cost way to get into this. Um, you can tag me in questions. I am very, very responsive. We have a lot of other experts in the group that I've taught uh, that will certainly jump in and help answer questions. Even if you decide not to sign up or join the paid program, if you go to the website, masterpositioning.com, there's a ton of information on there that's free access for everybody to look at mm -hmm. and read. Um, so that's the first way I think that I would recommend people jump into this and explore whether it makes sense for them. Talk to you, talk to some of the other members, get their experiences. I don't know, Billy, what your comment's about. Maybe you should explain it. I don't know what we're skimming. So um, in regards to that, Marty, what is... Let me pull up some of these questions I had written down here. Do you think starting out with positioning is more important than depositioning or starting out with trying to figure out competitive advantage or what? what, what is like step number one? Somebody comes in, they want to get started, but they don't want to join the free group because I mean, I mean, they don't want to join the paid group because a lot of people aren't going to join the paid group and that's fine. Like we said, sure. how do they go? Like, talk to us, tell, tell us about it. It's a very logical process. It's the way you would approach any marketing challenge. Step number one, why are we doing marketing of any kind to begin with, right? 
The reason we do marketing is to scale and grow our businesses, right? To get more valuable customers, to get more customers more quickly at a lower cost. That's the ball game, right? So the first thing is, and you know this because you teach this and, uh, you know, the, the Facebook um, ad buyers group and the ad leaks group teach this brilliantly. Got to understand your customer, right? So Who's like your customer target? avatar. But I say that positioning is not just targeting your customer by demographics or interest or behavior, but targeting them by what their pain point is, what's their need, which is different than their interest, right? Mm -hmm. That's what positioning does. So we take really four elements and we put them together as a first step. Who's the target? What's their pain point? What, it, what is my brand capable of promising to do to solve that pain point? And why should you believe that all my competitors can't do it the way I can do it for you or the way my company can do it for you or my agency can do it for you? So those are the four pieces. We put that together first. Then out of that, we develop a statement called the positioning platform. And the positioning platform is kind of like a mantra. I tell my clients, print it out in big letters, tape it to your wall. And when you're sitting down to write copy for an ad, content for a website, a social media post, look at it and say, is what I am writing going to talk to my target in such a way that they believe in favor of my, my brand and that they also believe away from my competitors. As I said before, Justin, positioning and depositioning take place simultaneously. Otherwise, you're just bragging about yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, there's a lot. I know there's a lot to this. Is there something that we didn't go over that you want to cover that we didn't get to? I know we had talked to try and keep a timeline, but we went a little bit over on some topics. Something that's just that these people need to know about this whole subject matter or anything like that? Well, one little, a little bit of a teaser, and this is available in the free group. Okay. So nobody has to pay for this. Um, in the free group, there's, as I mentioned before, a, a free PDF white paper called the positioning matrix. And in the last 30 plus years, I've developed a mathematical model that steps you through how to build your positioning platform. And it's called the positioning matrix. And it's in the PDF white paper in pretty good detail. And I think if people go there and they download the white paper, um, they'll get a really good feeling for this. And there are actual case studies in that white paper as well. Okay. as to how some of the bigger brands in the world have used positioning to become the biggest brands in their category. Here's a great question, Marty. Uh, is essentially depositioning leveraging third-party verified resources as a way to discourage people from their competitors? What if you can't find anything to differentiate your brand from your competitor? Okay, so Christian, that is actually a really, really good question. And I'm going to take the liberty of 
rewording it a little bit. So positioning is the act of leveraging your provable benefits for your target. And simultaneously, depositioning is leveraging credible, validatable concepts that would cause your market to doubt or be dissatisfied with the competitors. It could be third-party verified resources. That's powerful, but it doesn't have to be. Um, there are many levels. There are actually five different levels of influential power that people believe to a lesser or a greater degree that are used. And all of this is covered in, in that material as well. What if you can't find anything to differentiate your brand from your competitor? I think in more than 30 years of doing this, I have almost never found that there wasn't something that could differentiate one brand from the competition. Mm -hmm. Almost never. I would agree with that. I think it would be, there's got to be something, whether it's your customer service or quality of product or something. Sometimes. Okay. Here's another quick knowledge bomb. I'll just drop Justin. I know we're running short on time. Three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. Here's, here's the last knowledge bomb I'll drop for this live. And we can certainly continue this in further conversations. When you are engaged in trying to differentiate yourself in a highly competitive or a commoditized category, the way you do it is by creating what's called a category class. And a category class is where you actually use a benefit of your brand or your service or your product that is not necessarily a core function of that. I'll give you a very quick example of that. In the early IBM versus Apple, PC versus Apple wars, we call it the PC wars, right? Mm -hmm. IBM owned the market of personal computing. They just owned the market. Apple was an upstart, a new company. Yep. And they actually came out with a product that had a better graphic interface, more power, easier to use. It was just a better computer overall. But what made them stand out was nothing that had anything to do with the core function of a computer, of a personal computer. It was an all-in-one unit with a carrying case handle on the top. You could take it home with you from the office. You could take it on the train, go to the beach, right? As long as you had something to plug it into. It didn't weigh 65 pounds like the IBM PC did. It had one wire, not six. So Apple actually invented a new category called the portable personal computer. That's a category class. They couldn't invent the personal computer, already existed. But they used an aspect that was a huge emotional aspirational benefit to users of PCs. It actually had nothing to do with what a computer is supposed to do. Portability doesn't affect how a computer works, but it was a great consumer advantage. And that's how Apple really took off. 
Yeah, I know, like, if, yeah, I'm sure you've seen that, but the new screen they're coming out with, because uh, they're a master of what they do. I mean, they have a cult following, but, like, the new, I don't know, the new display they're coming out with is, like, five grand just for 27-inch display. Oh, forget that. You got to spend two grand just to buy the stand. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so, in that case, they've just positioned themselves in a place to where they have the following that people will just buy it because... They love Apple. Well, the reason they love Apple is because Apple empowers them emotionally. Yeah. Right? I can do what I want. It's iPhone, my phone, I, right? Everything is yeah. I. Yeah. It speaks to me. It yeah. gives me the power. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, Marty, um, <laughs> I love that comment, Eslam, Sam Omar. I dig your pepperoni tie. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all about right. the tie. When you're doing all these lives in these suits, are you wearing suit pants or are you wearing like shorts? That's my oh, I'm, I'm usually naked from the waist down, Justin. <laughs> no, I'm in a suit. You're in a full suit? Okay. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time. Um, I know you're a big contributor to the Adelaide community. You started doing some stuff in there, so I want to – Say thank you um, from Tim, Sean, and I. Um, oh, totally and, my pleasure. And if you guys are interested, um, Marty, go ahead and just go through the comments after. And if there's any questions, feel free to answer. Um, Absolutely, I will. Thank you, Christian. Appreciate that. And um, then if you also want to think about maybe, I don't know what's up to you or not, it's your group. If you want to drop that PDF of the positioning matrix out in the open, that's your call. If not, no big deal. I'll leave that so up. So I would be very happy to do that. Hang on one quick second. Let me see. Can I, I don't think there's a way in this chat that I can drop a file, Justin. Um, Send it, send it to me in Skype and I'll see if I can add it to the actual video. Okay. Hang on I, one second. I don't know if I can or not, but we can figure that out, out after. So well, it'll just take two seconds. So here it comes. I actually don't know if you can add. That's a good point. I don't think I can. So no, but you are welcome to if you want to upload the PDF. You're an admin moderator. You can upload the PDF as yep. a file to yep. your groups. Yep. So I will do that. By all means, feel free to do that. And okay. there's, um there's a link in the PDF. This is the PDF I was talking about, everybody. Why don't you just drop a Dropbox link in the comments so for everybody that's watched, just host it in a Dropbox and put a Dropbox link in here for people. And then I will add it to as kind of a unit. So, um, Okay, so I'll create a Dropbox link for that. Yep, and just put it in the comments. Okay. And Dropbox links work? Yeah. Okay, give me one second, and it will be there for everybody. Yep. Oh. I'll let you go ahead and take care of that, Marty. You should be able to do that after the fact. So oh, okay. Up. Sound good? Yep. If you need help, let me know. No, it should be good. Uh, it's almost done already. So guys, I want to thank you. Appreciate it. Um, feel free. I've been, I've worked with Marty on a lot of projects. He's the real deal. Feel free to check out his groups. 
Um, any questions, I'm sure you'll be getting reached out to after this live. Thanks for the time, Marty, and I will chat to you later. Justin, thank you very much for the opportunity and a, a shout out of thanks to uh, Tim Bird and to Sean Brown as well for the opportunity to participate in the groups and to do this with you. And I'm happy to answer any questions anybody might have. So thank you very, very much. I'll see you Saturday. You got it. Take care. All right. See you, see you later, buddy. Bye. Bye.